Whether you are halishing for halas or wanting to braai or fine dine, this is Essen Fressen with Adrian Bagatti. It's all about the food. Good morning and welcome to the Essen Fressen show. I'm Adrian Bagatti, your host. If you have any interesting people that you would like us to feature on the show, if you know any great cooks, any tea experts, wine experts, or even coffee experts, please let us know. If you have any other suggestions that you would like to see here on our show, please let us know as well. You can reach out through SMS 34519. They are charged at 1 Rand 50. Or you can send a telegram to 061-895-1019 or email on air at highfm.com. Please remember we're coming up to shovel water, so hopefully it'll be a warm one, but not looking great. It is a three-day yantav in essence because Friday, Shabbos, and then Saturday night begins Shavuot. So please remember to plan your meals carefully. For those of you who already started cooking, well done. I'm proud of you. I have to admit I haven't. Shavuot, a little bit about Shavuot. Shavuot is the festival of weeks. Yeah, that's what Shavuot means. And that is because it is seven weeks after Pesach. But the original references, and this is where the Bikurim come in, is the spring harvest festival and that is where it all started and the other thing it is known for obviously is receiving of the torah so because it's the harvest festival we have always done okay so you can remember those of you growing up where we used to send fresh produce to shul in our beautifully decorated boxes as kids we're now asking that if people are doing bickering with the children that it is non-perishable so that it can wait until monday uh, till tuesday to be delivered to whichever charity is going to get it just have a look what your shul's custom is and i'm sure there will be one in the children's service there are a couple of customs around shavuot First one, obviously, the bikurim, which is your harvest fruits. So tinned vegetables nowadays have been replaced with fruit and vegetables just because of longevity. However, I think it's cold enough that we could probably put in some nice citrus fruit for people and things and pears and apples and things that aren't going to shrivel up over two days. The other one is the custom of tikkun leil. And that started because Moshe had to wake everybody up because they overslept for the giving of the Torah. And so now people study all night so that they are awake the next morning. I know it's a big thing amongst the youngsters, but the rest of us don't, aren't going to follow that. Most people only um, study till about midnight or just after midnight because that is into the next day. Now, the reason we have dairy on Shavuot, there are a couple of reasons and not everybody does that. You are quite welcome to have a meat meal, especially for those who cannot eat dairy. So dairy is, the reason behind the dairy is a couple of things. One, it's milking season. Apparently there was an abundance of dairy products and that's how it came about that we were having dairy. The other thing is that the Jews had not yet been given the laws of Shkita and therefore the meat was all trafe, so they chose to have dairy instead of eating meat. So that is where some of our customs have come from for Shavuot. Now it is a custom, it is not a ruling. You are obviously entitled to have dairy meals if you want. But I do know a lot of places what they do is they will start off with dairy. They'll have soft dairy, so the meal will be a starter like that. They then clear it up, change the tablecloth over, have a meat order because meat is celebration and when it's yantav, 
we celebrate. So those are, are, are some of the customs. I do know the Sephardim don't really do cheesecake. They do a seven-layer cake. I can't remember the name, unfortunately. It's a seven-layer cake called Seven Steps to Heaven or something like that. And it's beautiful idea um, of uh, celebrating in a different way. So I found one on Jamie Geller's website. I will copy it and give it to IFM for the website. She has chosen to make seven layers with a chocolate mocha buttercream. Now, I'm not sure if that's kind of traditional or if that's the recipe that she's decided to make. So um, the recipe is unfortunately in uh, ounces, so conversions will be needed. There is 10 ounces of semi-sweet chocolate, 3 ounces of unsweetened chocolate, 3 tablespoons of instant coffee, 3 quarters of a cup of water, 1.5 cups of sugar, 6 egg yolks, 1 pound of unsalted margarine at room temperature, half a cup of vegetables or shortening. That is actually also margarine or uh, schmaltz can be used. You know, if you're making it milchik, then I would say probably the white margarine for baking. One teaspoon of vanilla essence, one, half a teaspoon of rum essence, a quarter teaspoon salt, and then your cake. So that was just the buttercream. Your sponge layers of your cake, 12 egg whites, two and a quarter cups of sugar, 12 egg yolks, quarter cup of non-dairy milk, so soy or coconut, mixed with a teaspoon of lemon juice, two teaspoons of vanilla essence, one and a half, no, sorry, half a teaspoon of salt, three quarters of a cup of all-purpose flour. And then for the caramel, is one and a half cups of sugar, quarter cup of water, and a half a tablespoon of unsalted margarine. She says, could we please prepare a double boiler, fitted on a medium, so what you do is you take a glass bowl, with a pot underneath filled with a little bit of water, making sure that it doesn't actually touch the bottom of the pot. Uh, I mean, the bottom of your glass bowl, sorry. And in that, you meet, melt your swimmy sweet and your unsweetened chocolate. When the chocolate is melted, stir in the coffee granules and then remove from the stove, allowing it to cool slightly. In a small, heavy bottom pot, combine water and sugar and place on the stove on low heat stirring the mixture for about five minutes until the sugar has dissolved and then increase the heat to medium and without stirring bring the syrup to boil allow the boiling syrup if you've got a thermometer handy it's 250 degrees fahrenheit so that's about 125 120 um, in celsius and it's called softball. It means when you take it out of the, like, and drop it into a glass of cold water, it should form a little ball. While the syrup is boiling, beat the egg yolks in a large bowl until pale and thick, about four to five minutes. Once the sugar has reached uh, the required temperature, very slowly drizzle the sugar into the eggs by allowing it to flow in a steady stream down the side of the bowl, gradually into the eggs while continuing to beat the mixture. Once all the hot syrup is added, continue to beat on high until the mixture is thickened and cooled to room temperature. This takes about 10 minutes. Once the thickened mixture has cooled, continue to beat while in adding in a couple of tablespoons at a time, the margarine and the shortening. After both have been fully incorporated, gradually beat in the melted chocolate coffee and cooled coffee mixture, followed by salt, vanilla and rum essences beating well with the addition of each ingredient. Once all ingredients have been incorporated, push the entire mixture through a strainer and discard any undissolved coffee granules or solid egg parts. Now, the reason for the solid egg parts is that you've added hot caramel.
Whether you are halishing for halas or wanting to braai or fine dine, this is Essen Fressen with Adrian Bagatti. It's all about the food. Welcome back to the Essen Fressen show. I'm Adrian Bagatti, your host for today. Please remember if you have any suggestions or comments that you would like to share with us, if you've got anyone interesting for us to chat to regarding food, tea, coffee, wine, we're happy to talk. Please SMS us on 34519. SMSs are charged at 1 Rand 50. Or send us a telegram message on 061-895-1019. Or you can send us an email to onair at chaifm.com. So continuing with my seven-layer cake from Jamie Geller's uh, website. Right, she said, we'll just go back a little bit. She said, once all the ingredients have been incorporated, you push the entire mixture through a strainer and discard the undissolved coffee granules and solid egg parts. And as I was saying, the solid egg parts are often come because we're adding heated syrup and it will cook the egg. So that's why you need to remove it. Cover and store the buttercream frosting in the refrigerator until an hour before you are ready to frost your cake or ice your cake. Spoon a quarter of the buttercream into a Ziploc or pastry bag and leave it to rest in a bowl. And then we're going to spread it with an angled spatula later. What she does suggest is making the buttercream the day before. And it can take the whole day. It's a big project. And once she said that, I knew that this is not a cake I am attempting. But I do know somebody who I think should really attempt it and then let us know. So if there's anybody out here who does do this cake, please let me know. I'd love to know how it comes out. So talking about the sponge layers. Preheat your oven to 180, line the bottom of a round cake pan with with, uh, baking paper and margarine, flour and paper the sides of the pans. So obviously you're going to need seven cake pans if you've got them, otherwise you're going to have to do this in batches. So that's an important thing. So it's very important that we butter the sides of the pan and the base of the pan as it can be quite difficult to get this cake out. The cake bakes quickly, so if you don't have seven pans, don't worry about it but pre-prepare each pan this way. In a medium bowl, beat the room temperature egg whites until they've formed soft peaks and set aside. In a separate large bowl, beat egg yolks and sugar on high speed for five to nine minutes or until the mixture is thick and pale and yellow. Reduce your mixing speed to low and add in the non-dairy milk mixture a tablespoon at a time, along with the vanilla essence and the salt, and then replace the mixing speed back onto high. Once the mixture has been beaten and re-thickened, remove the electric mixture and gradually fold in your egg whites into the egg yolk mixture. Once everything has been incorporated, slowly in small batches sift in your flour, folding after each addition of flour. Measure out one cup of butter for each cake pan. Okay, so that's not too bad, one cup. And gently spread the batter into a thin, even layer in each pan. Measuring the batter will ensure that each layer is exactly the same thickness and creates a pretty finished product. It also allows each layer to have the same baking time. Tap the bottom of the cake pans against the cake tun, uh, against your countertop to help remove air, any large air bubbles. Um, and that'll help when you've got to take the cake out the pan. 
bake the layers either in one one or two at a time any more than two cakes in the in the oven can bring a temperature down so for, you're baking it for six to eight minutes rotating halfway through the baking so it's really quick cooking when the cakes are finished baking the edges will turn lightly golden and pull away slightly from the sides of the pan allow them to cool for one to two minutes before in the pans before you put them on cooling racks she says here about the caramel that covering the seventh layer of the cake with the caramel is optional but encouraged best made with butter for dairy but it does work with margarine and the caramel should not be made until you are ready to cover the cake so without the caramel the cake can be layered and stacked ready with the buttercream layers between until you're ready to put your caramel on top in a small skillet or frying pan stir together sugar and water on high heat once the sugar has dissolved into syrup it usually takes about five minutes you can add the margarine and allow the mixture to come to boil continue to stir the syrup so that the caramel browns evenly once the caramel has reached your desired color remove from heat and immediately pour onto your layered cake okay so talking about the assembly so for those who've just arrived we're talking about jamie geller's seven layer cake now this is actually a spidey tradition to celebrate rather than the cheesecake that us as ashkenazis are used to it looks like a lot of work so it's probably not something i'm going to do but the picture looks amazing i will copy this and put it on the high fm website for you to find easily but you can find it on jamie geller's website right to assemble your cake first she likes to slice off the outer edges of the cake layers with a perforated knife or even a pizza cutter and a tupperware top or cardboard cutout as a guide you need to cut this so that each cake is exactly the same size so you trim it just before you're going to ice it because otherwise it all dries out more smear a drop of the room temperature buttercream onto the center layer of a cake plate server to keep the cake from moving around while you're icing it then center one cake layer atop of the buttercream dollop using a pastry or ziploc bag follow the edges of the cake and pop a ring of buttercream on top of the layer measure out a third of a cup of the buttercream from the bowl and spoon that onto the center of the layer and using a small angled spatula push the buttercream outwards to the ring of popped buttercream until it has been spread into an even layer covering the top cake then you're going to do the same thing again with the rest of the layers you continue until the sixth layer of cake has been stacked and covered in buttercream you can slip a few pieces of parchment paper or baking paper under the bottom of the layer cake catch any drips of buttercream as you icing it spread the remaining buttercream from the bowl on the sides of the cake into an even layer and once the entire cake is covered in buttercream you can put it in the fridge to cool and slightly harden the buttercream while you make your caramel and seventh cake layer right then using the edge of a large knife score the seventh layer of the cake into eight or twelve portions making grooves into the cake but not cutting all the way through lay the scored cake onto a layer of parchment paper or baking paper and prepare the caramel as directed above pour the hot caramel evenly onto the cake layer and spread using a buttered spatula until the layer is fully covered in caramel before the warm caramel cools and hardens use a large button up to slice the caramel covered cake into slices along the scored marks so where you've marked it you're going to now cut it Rebuttering the knife is needed, you know, to stop everything sticking. Trim off any excess caramel that is spread outside of the cake. 
Allow the caramel cake livers to com cool completely before topping with frostings and then assembling the cake. Once the frosted cake has cooled and hardened slightly, remove it from the fridge. Using an angled spatula, dip into very hot water, smooth out any imperfections in the buttercream, making an even surface for decorating. Remove parchment strips from the bottom of the cake, transfer an, or transfer any extra buttercream or pastry to a pastry or Ziploc bag with a decorative pipe tip and pipe along the border at the bottom or the edges of your cake and decorate as you wish. Now, depending on how many slices of the caramel layer cake you've made, um, suggest piping the same number of buttercream dollops or rosettes onto the top of each frosted cake. This is saying that you've now cut the beautiful pieces and you've put them back together with the caramel and on each piece you are going to put a little pretty rose and then serve for tea. Whether you are halishing for halas or wanting to braai or fine dine, this is Essen Fressen with Adrian Bugatti. It's all about the food. You're listening to Adrian Bugatti on the Essen Fressen show and obviously today's show is all about Shavuot. Please, if you've got any uh, suggestions, comments or things that you'd like us to cover in future shows, SMS us on 34519. SMSs are charged at 1 Rand 50. You can send us a telegram on 061-895-1019 or email us to onair at highfm.com. We're talking Shavuot and Shavuot in Johannesburg synonymous with cheesecake. So I decided after seeing an advert a couple of times <coughs> um, on Facebook about a online cheese bake to interview somebody who's involved in the cheese bake. And that is an old school friend, Carol Colwyn Pinkness. And she's a volunteer with the women's, uh, the Jewish Women's Benevolent Society for South Africa. Carol, you're a volunteer with them. They're doing this virtual cheese bake on the 1st of June. So that's tomorrow night. How did it come about? Like what made you guys decide a virtual cheese bake? Well, it's cold here in Johannesburg and people just want to be at home. They still want to bake cheesecake. And we are very fortunate to have got Lauren Wilkin, our host, who is going to demonstrate a cheesecake to us. So in the warmth of your kitchen, you can bake along with us. She selected a different kind of cheesecake because I'm sure that everyone has their old favorites, but maybe now after COVID, it's time to venture out and to do something different. I baked the cheesecake already along with Lauren and I always take the easiest route out for baking. And this is a very, very easy recipe and it is just so, so delicious. You better than me, I don't do baking. That's my easy route. <laughs> I'll, I'll let somebody else bake for me. And I mean, cheesecake is like everybody has their favorite types of cheesecake, whether it's baked or refrigerated. So you guys went with a baked cheesecake for the topic. Or, nothing, or smells, nothing smells better than that cheesecake baking. Yeah. <laughs> it just like fills your whole house with like warmth. Yeah, it definitely, baking definitely adds an extra layer. I think that's why they, they say when they're selling houses to put some vanilla pod in your oven to make it smell like you've just baked something. couple of questions around the cheesecake itself so people would know. Obviously, they've got to go buy their own ingredients. So when they sign up, they get a list of the ingredients that they need to buy or is that on your advert? Ingredients that you need is already on, on the advert. One of the ingredients, which is called lotus spread, mm. is actually more or less the same as our nutty crust biscuits. 
Okay. Um, we've we've also given the recipe to, if you want to make your own biscuit spread or lotus spread. I'm a very slow cook, and um, to make my own biscuit spread took approximately two minutes oh and wow. it's very very delicious okay so that's if you can't get the lotus spread or you don't have lotus spread nutty crust biscuits if you're not color of israel we've given the adjustment if you want to make the biscuit spread parav you can just use coconut oil which will work perfectly fine okay so that, that's and then you can keep thing. it in so that sounds good so for people whether you're whether you keep color of israel or pastor israel right so how long is the cheesecake how long, more or less, is this online bake going to take, more or less? Well, there is the baking involved. So mm. excluding, like, we, we will stop the dim um, when we put the final cheesecake in the oven. Yeah. It should take about 45 minutes. Okay, so it's not too long. Everybody can then go sit and relax, have a cup of coffee while they wait for their cheesecake to finish baking. So that that's a nice thing. And it's a nice way to do it. I mean, I don't know about you, but I took part in the, I think it was the chop online cooking thing where we did the world record. I don't know if you took part in that. I did. And it, <clears throat> it was just the most incredible experience. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's I, why I, I loved it. Mm, that's why when I saw your online, the online bake, but what a brilliant idea. It is really, I had so much fun doing that. I mean, okay, my lentil curry didn't cook very well, took a lot longer, but it was such fun to do it and to see everybody trying and just follow along. You know, that, that was a nice thing. And you know what else is great with this? That if you have a question, you can ask your question while you are baking. Absolutely. Yeah. The online stuff is just, it's such fun. And you know what? You're right. Cold. Nobody wants to go out. So your turnout should be better <laughs> being able to stay at home. That's like a big thing because I know like, come June, July, you're not really likely to see me out about at night um, unless it's something like I'm really excited about. And, you know, for this one, for the cheesecake, it sounds like a lot of fun. I'm actually looking forward to it. It wasn't expensive to book and it wasn't difficult to book. So that, that's, that's a great thing, except that I got interrupted halfway through. <laughs> Everybody's going to be in their own kitchens, which is great. And all the ingredients are easily available. And what I liked is that they are on the advert. So everybody should have everything before they, they come to the bake. We were talking about it when we were talking about these online bakes and how online cooks were like, I think for the chocolate, we got sent the ingredients. But here it's cheesecake. So you can't get sent the ingredients because... It's fresh ingredients and posting cheese, cream cheese or delivering it just wouldn't work quite so well. So, you know, it's why I, like I understood because I did see a question. Somebody said, do we have to go buy it or is it being delivered? And, I, you know, I just was it was made sense that we you know have to go buy it ourselves. So that, that's an important thing about it. Yeah, we did consider. We did consider like making packages, but like, as you said, it's too risky with products that need to be refrigerated mm. to uh, post it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I think these online bakes, especially for companies or charity organizations, is actually going to be a thing of the future. I think you're going to get a lot more people in. I did, I was with, um, it was a cooking demonstration. And what was amazing about it was it was from three different countries because it was online, you know, and we could all attend. And I think that's the way we're going to be moving forward. Don't you love that, that you're coming together with people from all over the world mm. and you're able to experience their cooking classes? 
That's it. That's it. So, you know, I mean, we're talking about like everybody is complaining about COVID and COVID and COVID. And we understand, but COVID has had actually one good thing, brought the world together online. So we're all doing things like this online bake. Never have considered it before COVID. It wouldn't even entered anybody's head to do an online cooking uh, demo. You would never have thought about it. And you know what else is also great? You don't, you don't have to get dressed up to go for your cooking den. Absolutely. You, you can stay in your gym clothes, or if you want, you can even get into your pajamas and bake along. <laughs> that, that's exactly. Your fuzzy slippers. <laughs> and, yeah. It is. That, that is uh, like a very big bonus. But I mean, that for me is why I do online shopping, is I don't have to get dressed. <laughs> I can shop yeah. like, <laughs> anytime I want, and I often do. I will shop just before um, like going to bed and in the morning my groceries are delivered, you know, so it's just such a pleasure. So so the, the, this baking, and I mean, that's how I've ordered my ingredients. Uh, they should be delivered this afternoon. Um, and it is, it's it just made like so much more sense. And I just, well, for me um, as an introvert, being able to do this, you know, online bake and be able to socialize without actually being around people perfect that's my but you know that's also a good point you know like sometimes if you feel like you're going to a dem where you're baking along you may be like me a very inexperienced cook Mm. and you don't have to feel intimidated you can try along you can ask your questions it's just wonderful and from that you can become a much better cook well absolutely i mean everybody's doing the same thing but you're not watching each other. You're not standing and looking over at Sarah and going, how far is she in her bake? Or that, you know, you're in your own home. It's a safe environment for you to experiment and learn new skills. And yeah, and if yours isn't still, you can learn more because you can ask questions. That's it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm looking forward to it. So those who want to know what we were talking about, I've been talking to Carol Cohen Pincus. She's a volunteer with the Jewish Women's Benevolent Society, and they're holding their virtual cheesecake bake on the 1st of June. If you want to want know more, please go to their Facebook page. It is there. If you haven't seen it in Joburg Jewish Mommies over the last few weeks, not sure where you are, because it's been there and it caught my eye the first time it came out, because I think it's such an amazing idea. And Carol, thank you so much for joining me and for agreeing to the interview. Um, so we're looking forward to the bake tomorrow night. Thank you so much. That's looking great. forward to hosting all of you. It's going to be great. To you, I will see you online tomorrow night. This is Ace and Freshen Show, and I'm Adrian Bugatti with my guest, Carol Cohen-Pinkus. Whether you are halishing for halas or wanting to braai or fine dine, this is Ace and Freshen with Adrian Bugatti. It's all about the food. Welcome back to the Essen Fresen Show. I'm Adrian Bugatti, your host. Please a reminder if you have any suggestions, comments, or topics you'd like us to cover, please send us an SMS on 34519. SMSs are charged at 1 Rand 50. You can send us a telegram message on 061 895 1019, or you can email us to onair at highfm.com. We are happy also to interview people that you know who are great cooks, who are tea experts, wine experts, coffee experts, or any other food expert. We love to have new topics to talk about. So I hope you enjoyed the chat and with all about uh, cheesecakes. 
and obviously Jamie Geller's seven layer cake. Please if you make it, I would love to know anybody who attempted it, um, that would be fantastic um, because it's not something I'm going to try. Then, the Johannesburg Philharmonic Orchestra is pleased to announce details of its new winter season, running from the 9th to the 30th of June at the Linda Auditorium. The winter season continues in the tradition of the World Symphony Series, featuring accomplished international conductors and soloists, as well as the cream of South African artists. Bookings for season tickets are now available through the JPO office on info at jpo.co.za or call them on 011-484-0446. Tickets for single concerts are also available through Quick Ticket, or Quicket, sorry. You can visit jpo.co.za for more information. Right, as always, I try and find some Kashrut updates along the way, and for those who have been living under a rock, you will obviously know that we now have kosher jelly tots once again. So that is fantastic news. But there were also an update, or there were two updates from the US about some chocolate. The first one is the beacon white chocolate slabs with jelly tots and popping candy. It is currently not kosher certified, even though it does bear the best in logo. And this is due to a change in the supplier of the popping candy. So they're working to rectify that. Then there's a one called Wholesome Earth Dressing Revolution. It is not certified kosher currently. And due to a er supplier error, the presence of grape affecting a small batch of Wholesome Earth Dressing Revolution product is no longer kosher certified. We have the, uh, informed the company of their error and they are taking measures to correct this by placing stickers over the Bethden logo. So, the Bethen has also said, please, any affected vessels or utensils do not require cushioning unless the dressing was decanted into your own vessel for longer than 24 hours, in which case we suggest you contact one of our Dianem to find out if cushioning is required. And you can do that on 010-214-2600. So that is from South Africa. Then a couple of updates from overseas from around the world. Um, these are mostly America. So on May 28th, there was a notice put up that said if you had purchased strawberries between the 5th of March and the 24th of April and then frozen them, you are to please toss them. They are apparently infested with hepatitis A. Um, and it only applies, obviously, if you've frozen them because it was from last month, from April. Then another alert, and not a kosher alert, this is also a health alert, Jif peanut butter, which is used in quite a lot of products, um, contain, has been found to have the salmonella bacteria in it. Please, if you've got any product that has the Jif peanut butter in it, return it or throw it away up to you but be careful um the list for jiff peanut butter was so long that i cannot read it out to you but you can go to kashrut updates um and it will tell you everything there so it, it's kosher.com another one uh, Lieber's chocolate chiplets they are parov even though they bear the ou 
dairy sign by mistake. Um, and then the last one is something called Salento Organics. And even though it does have a symbol on it, it is not considered kosher. Um, I'm not sure why, but that's how it worked out. Um, there are not too many updates from anywhere else around the world. Um, there was one from uh, Australia about a new restaurant and obviously their meat um, problem in Sydney. So please check out that on their Facebook page. You are listening to the Essen Fresen Show. I have Adrian Bugatti and I've enjoyed chatting to you. I'm hoping you enjoy your Shavuot. Not too much cheesecake, not too much seven layer cake. Um, and enjoy. Have a good yantav and a good Shabbos. And stay warm, please, and stay healthy. <laughs>